This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 126. Pull out your checkbooks and your accounting software, because today, we're going to see how the gospel redefines the way we view and use our money. Now I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith in every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, brother. Hey, man. What's going on? Are you going to throw your mom under the bus again this week? <laughs> no, I, no. You know what's funny? Is she did say something that I thought was, she said, could you rewrite that to, instead of it being the stuff your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you, could you rewrite that to the things they never taught you because they didn't know themselves? All right. I was like, <laughs> but we're not going to rewrite it there, Ma Hounsby, but we're going <laughs> to, but we're going to acknowledge that, yeah. that that's the truth in most cases. It's like, not only we, they didn't teach you because they weren't taught it either. Yeah, they weren't taught it either. All right. There's plenty of grace for Ma, so all of our Ma. Oh, Ma Hounsby listening <laughs> uh, from Nashville. Ma. Hey, you know what? Um, I want to take a second here to thank our listeners who've been like going over to iTunes, just like we ask, yeah. and they, you know, they're just subscribing because I can see that Monday morning, like, that number's climbing up quick, which means yeah. it's being pushed out in the feed. Um, but they're also rating and reviewing us really cool. So like like uh, someone named BF Chris, you know, I know yeah, best cool. friend Chris Weaver said, <laughs> if, you're, um, if you're wishing for a deeper walk with God, especially one in community and discipling others, this podcast is filled with great ideas for changing your lifestyle to one where your faith touches every part of your life. Wow. Oh, thanks, Chris. Man, that's like... That's exactly what we want. <laughs> I know. I wish I'd have written that. Um, Dan Proust says, great podcast. Thanks for helping me live an integrated life. And that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. the other thing, right? So anyway, I thank you guys. Please do that. But yeah, so just helpful. know we are really encouraged by that. And um, not that we need to be stroked and all, but you know, uh, we're... Heath and I are sitting here talking. Yeah. You know? We're in and a room and we don't get to hear we that. We see numbers. We know people, someone's listening, but it's yeah. nice to have a name and just go, oh, thanks. That's great. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for that. That's really cool. Hey, Caesar, today we're talking about money, the one thing that we like to let Jesus into our hearts, but not into our bank accounts. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I invited Jesus into my heart. I trust him for my eternity, but not for my finances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, busted. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're talking about that. Uh, we're talking about finances and even the heart behind that as followers of Jesus. It's always the issue, right? The thing behind the thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Money's paper, you know, or it's just digits digitally now, but like how we view it, yeah. how we use it, what do we think it's for? It, whose is it? <laughs> it says a lot about what we believe about God, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like uh, the depression. I remember you, you were sharing this with me about how your grandparents used to live. Well, I mean, this is okay. So just like your mom was saying, you know, like this is the stuff our parents never taught us because their parents never taught them. Yeah, sure. My views on money were very shaped by my parents, okay? And and more specifically, I think my dad. Okay. And my dad was born in 1930, so like, boom, height of the Depression, right? And his parents, they were the parents during that as they lived through it. And it was a horrifying time, you know, seeing these documentaries on History Channel, right? It's terrible. And it was, you know, people were, you know, it's the bread lines. All this stuff was real. You had nothing. Everybody lost everything, you know? And so when you're born into that, right, that... You know, my, the way my grandparents viewed it, and then my dad having to grow up in that. I remember him telling us all these stories about. So, born in 30. So, like now, like you're talking late 30s, right? They're just, you know, America's just starting to barely tip its nose up out of that. Sure. But you still don't have anything, but maybe now at least you're starting to eat. And he would say, like, oh, yeah. Um, I used to get, uh, you know, uh, newspapers delivered to the, you know, so-and-so corner. And it was a corner we still didn't even live that far away from. I could picture his kid. Huh. And, and I'd sell papers all day on the weekends. And he said, I'd sell so many papers that guys would stack them up. And it was like, it was like a windbreak. I'd be in like three sides 
stacked higher than me. And I'd sell all of them on a Saturday. Wow. And it's like, what'd you net for that, Dad? He says, well, if I sold them all, there's like 200 of them, I'd, you know, I'd make like, you know, like 50 cents. Wow. Or something. I don't know whatever yeah. the number was back then, right? And I go, wow, what'd you do? He goes, well, I always gave my mom a quarter. Okay. And that would like basically feed us, you know, for like three days. Sure. And then I took a whole quarter myself and I, that was enough to get a movie, popcorn, a soda, and I could buy a couple comic books that week, you know, wow. or something, right? And so that, and, and he says, and then when I got a little older, I started caddying, you know, at a golf course. Sure. And when I got big, and you get a, you get a buck a bag. And that was a lot of money back, in, you know, like yeah. that was like probably in 42 or 45 or something, right? And he goes, and you get a buck a bag. Sometimes I'd carry two bags. I'm like, and I can picture, picture myself. And I was like so skinny up until like still, you know, but, <laughs> but I remember thinking like, you're 15 carrying two full bags of golf, golf clubs, dad. Clubs, yeah. He said, but I make two bucks. Like that, that was like, like, that's like what people were making a whole day at a job job. Yeah. He says, your Uncle Ray, four bags. He carried four <laughs> bags on a Saturday, you know. I'm like, how's that possible, you know? And so he always human. had stories. He always had stories about the guys who they'd carry their bags and they were rich and he knew it, you know, because they saw what they pulled up in and, and they'd hear them talking, right, about their jobs or how they, you know, much money sure. they made. And they wouldn't tip them. They wouldn't get that dollar tip because they actually uh, caddied for free. But the standard was you tip the kid a buck. Yep. He said, but some of these guys wouldn't. And he'd name them. Like, he still, all these years oh. later, would remember their name. Oh, so-and-so, blankety-blank. You know, that guy never, t- he was so cheap, you know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's, it's interesting, because I, when I was living in Nashville, we used to go to his favorite place every Sunday after church. And I remember we had this new waitress, and I was, I, I remember one morning after church going like, how are you doing? She's like, I hate Sundays. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, Christians show up after church, and they never tip. And I was oh, like, whoa. I, I mean, that's, unfortunately, she's, we're famous for that. Yeah, it? she's like, we actually bid, like, we try to switch schedules so that we don't have to work on Sundays. I'm like, oh, that is so sad, having come and worship. and Wow. Hey, let's come back to that idea of tipping later, okay? Yeah, yeah right, that'd be but, fun. So needless to say, you know, my dad being born in the Depression, growing up that way, and then never he never really made a whole lot of money, though we never lacked for anything. Sure. Um, it has filtered into how I kind of see and use money. And I, I'll be honest, and, and Tina and I talk about it a lot. There is still sort of, I guess I'd call it a little bit of a scarcity mentality. Sure. Not like we don't have enough. Like I, so maybe that's not the right word for it. But I, I kind of, I always feel like I'm looking down the road to know, am I working hard enough that more will be coming? Huh. And it betrays where that money even comes from. Yeah. And then I, if I sit and talk about, it, I go, that's just, I don't even believe that. But I, my heart tends it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it other, leans sure. that way because my dad, part of growing up that way, is his worth that his work ethic that he, you know, infused into me and the kid, my, yep. you know, my sibs. It's hard, man. And you know, I work hard. Yeah, you work really hard. Now, I love to work, so that's not the issue. But it can get spun around the spokes. You know, I can get all kind of jacked up on that. And now I'm not having joy in my work, and I'm working to earn versus working from freedom. You know, yeah. and all that. So, yeah. Jeez. Well, Tim Keller, one of my favorites, uh, when he talks about money, he says that money has a tremendous power over us, each and every one of us. For some, it's our significance. And for others, Ooh. it's our security. What do you Ooh. think about that? Significance or security? Um, yeah, right. I think, so you think about what's significance is like, I'm worth more. Yep. I see myself as more valuable and I hope slash believe that others see me, the see same. me that yep. way. Like I E more significant because of what I have financially or stuff, you know? Sure. So when we talk money, by the way, today, just so you know, you know, and our listeners know, I'm not talking about necessarily your bank account or your stack you know, of money in your sure. pocket or whatever. I mean, money buys stuff, right, too. And and there's more debt in America than ever before. So I'm just going to talk about money in light of, like, possessions and resource and stuff. Yeah. So it's money, 
but it ain't stuff. just, I'm not talking about just currency. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's great. Um, so yeah. So how, how our, like what our stuff is, it leads to significance. Yeah. I think that's real. And I, yeah. I could probably sit and think through and the spirit would poke me pretty quick on things that I go, you know, I feel pretty significant cause I have that. Sure. All right. I was able to go there and do that, yeah. you know, type of thing or something. And then the second part of what Tim said there is, you know, or, um, for others, it's their security. And I think that one probably actually hits closer to my own heart, like what I was just sharing. Sure. That's sort of a bit of a scarcity mentality. It's like, well, um, I know my security's in Christ and he's the great provider. Yeah. But I gotta work hard because you know the scripture says, you know, if you if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You know, it's like you're like, no, don't take that one out of context. You know, <laughs> sure. And so yeah, I think Tim's absolutely right. It has not only has tremendous power, but it has tremendous power over our hearts. But mm. you know what? That both those things betray our unbelief. Yeah. Like if I think my significance comes from what I have and own and my money, then I don't, then I'm saying, God, the significance I have is being your image bearer. That's not as good. Yep. It'd be better to have significance from being a wealthy guy. Yeah. Or if I think my security in life, and I'm not even talking about like our eternal security, that's sure. the big one. Oh, huh, you know, yeah. but that one proves this, the lesser securities that like, Hey, dad's got us. And yeah. if I think I actually am it's my own security for the future, my kid's security. You know, I'm actually providing it. Sure. Then I'm basically saying I'm a better securer. I'm a better provider than God. Yeah. And I see, I'm going to say, no, that's unbelief. And, and I can just call it out. I go, I don't believe it. But you know what? We, but you're living a way that shows it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think ultimately we get to uh, break free from our slavery to money by trusting and treasuring, yeah. truly valuing Jesus and, and, and like I said, the big E on the I chart was that he was willing to go and pay the ultimate price. In other words, he, he gave all the value, his sure. life, so that we may be his ultimate treasure. Wow. That's right? so good, man. Right? That so we so treasure good. him because of how he treasured us. Boy, does that put money in perspective? Yeah. I mean, right off the bat. Thanks, Tim Keller. <laughs> all right. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Have a good week. Yeah. Wow. You know, I work in the ministry, and so we're not typically known for being the wealthiest people on the face of the planet, but I'm surrounded by people that financially do make significantly more than me. Yeah. And I feel that pressure of, you know, feeling like... Pretty affluent community. Yeah, the significance. Yeah. I feel like, man, if only I could make more money and I could actually go on vacations with the people that invite me to, but I can't because I can't afford it, or those sort of things... Scripture says a lot about money, and most of the time we jack it up. Like we say that money's the root of all evil. And it's like, no, it's not money. It's the love of money that's yeah, the Lucy, root of all evil. Lucy, yeah. You, you got those two words change everything. Or talks about stewardship and investment. Jesus has quite a bit to say about it. Um, how do you think the way followers of Jesus spend their money should look different from those who don't yet follow Jesus, and why? Well, you're right, Heath. I mean, it's... Scripture is full of talk about money, and yep. it's it's really the love of money. It's 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 you know where our treasure lies, kind of thing. And Jesus actually talks about money and money related issues of the heart more than he talks about heaven and hell or pretty much anything else. Wow, I don't I don't have the stats, but I I have had them somewhere in my laptop. I have them. Yeah, of like how many times he brings up money or possessions or you know that and yeah. how our hearts connected to it way more than everything else. Well, why would that be? Because, kind of like what Tim Keller said earlier, because it has great power over our hearts mm. and what we but start to believe about God. That's fascinating. Man. And ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And so so here's, that's pretty interesting to me, but, but here's some things like, who sets your priorities when it comes to money? Like if I just threw that out there into the ozone for you, me, and our listeners, who sets your priorities when it comes to what you do with the money that has now fallen into your care, your stewardship? For me, it's 
it's what we have. And once after budget, then we set our priorities based off that. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of based on our priority, mine, yeah. you know, right. Sure. Um, and then, then that kind of leads to this next question of like, whose money and resources is it really anyway? Yeah. You know, I can think about <laughs> a friend of mine that when his uh, teenage son would like get all, you know, teenagey and like rude and like mad at his dad and wanted to like, you know, he's like, that's it. Well, I'm going to move out then. You know, he's still in high school. He's <laughs> sure. like, oh, I'm moving out then. Get out. And, you know, and he'd say, well, um, I don't want you to. I love you, son. Um, but I mean, I can't stop you. Just make sure when you leave, don't take anything that's mine or that I paid for. And he, you know, out the door for he starts looking around. He'd have to go out naked because he, <laughs> yeah. does, you know, he doesn't have a job yet. The car, sure. he borrows mom and dad's car. You know, his dresser, his bed, all his clothes, those killer Nikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe that's not the best parenting. You know, last episode we talked about <laughs> grace-based parenting. You know, <laughs> but, but my, but you know, that what made that stuck in my heart is that um, we come into the world with nothing. Yeah. And so whose resources is it anyway? And guess what? You leave with nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so that means that all that stuff God pours in. Now, he might pour it through your parents. He might pour it through your job. He might pour it through an inheritance. Sure. Um, but it's all his. And he's just, so that's a good question to ask. Whose money and resource is it? Um, here's another question I'd like to ask. If you lost all of your money tomorrow, yep. so that's like what happened, you know, in the depression, right? Um, how would your identity, you know, how you view yourself change? Yeah, significantly. And if it did, then you, there's probably, there's a, you got a money issue. Yeah. Or a love of money issue. Or you're valuing money and what it brings you back into that significance. And security. Or security yeah. thing, right? Like just right, ask yourself that. And then, let me ask it the other way. If money were no object or concern in your life, in other words, you had more than, you know, right? Sure. How would your life change? Hmm. Would it change? Let, let me just take off the table. Well, I have a car that ran every day. You know, and maybe sure. I get a house where my kids each had their own bedroom. So let's just, but beyond that, beyond some basic sort of extra comfort stuff. Yeah. And I know some people listening don't own a home. I'm not saying that's, it's huge, but I'm just saying, so if you had money was no concern, how would your life change? I'm not talking about those, those kind of layers. How would your life change if all of a sudden money was no issue? Yeah. And again, tie it to identity and value and significance. Isn't it weird that and I probably should have done some digging up and been the statistic guy in this. Um, a very, very high percentage of people that win the lottery, yep. like ruin their lives. Yeah. There was a documentary on that. that was fascinating. And it's, it's like, it goes so fast. It, the money's gone real quick, but it's not only that, like, well, back to work, I guess that was fun. You yeah. know, saw the world twice or something. No, it's that generally it's gone and they've kind of ruined their lives and relationships. Sure. Or their lives and relationships have been ruined by the money. Yeah. And so you go, huh? Apparently there's two sides to that. Not having enough kind of sucks yeah. having too much kind of sucks there again the root of it's all the same thing whose money is it and where do you gain your significance and and your value and your security from so good man. right and so i mean there again let me let me go ahead and just d deep dive into some stuff that our brother jesus shared so um for those of you who like to write these things down matthew 13 um he, there's so many cool parables right i'm just i love parables love it love it love it and here's two back-to-back -back parables and I think there's a reason for this. But in Matthew 13, starting in 44, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. So he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. What's, what's the kingdom of heaven? That's where those who live under the rule and reign of this perfect God daddy, right? Yep. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything else he had and he bought that field. So what's, what's the point of that parable? He, Jesus is saying, 
money <laughs> here was not as valuable as your relationship and your significance and your security that you have from living in the kingdom yeah. from dad. Right. So, good. so, so go ahead and burn it all to gain the real deal that gives it all. Yep. Okay. And then back to back, right. Starting verse 45, he goes again, the kingdom of heaven's like a merchant. So that's like a, you know, a guy who's a buyer, seller, trader sure. um, looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything else he had and he bought that one. Huh. Same thing. Jesus back to back. He's going, do you realize that money's not the point? Yep. That in fact, it's of so little value that you could give all of it if you could gain this real security and real significance. That's already it's already yours. Yeah, it's yours. Jeez. Right. So you're not really giving up anything. Now, this is cool and powerful too. In Matthew six, Jesus said this. So it's actually he said this before the parables, but these are all like in his just hanging out and traveling with the boys, right? He says, <laughs> but I, to me, this underlines the whole thing. He goes, "Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin." And destroy. Okay. So I don't, this yeah. isn't King James, but I don't know. Vermin. What's a vermin? So, so don't store up that stuff right on yep. earth. Okay. Um, cause it's basically, it's going to go away anyway. And we're thieves break in and steal it. So in other words, you can't, how much stuff can you hang on to and store? Okay. Yeah. But it says instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the big jam. He goes for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. Now, I kind of was raised where what that verse meant, and I think it does include this. It meant like, hey, what can you store up in heaven? You can't take money there. can't take it with you. Um, so what you can store up, though, is people getting saved. Huh. So send that stuff along, you know? Yeah. And I think there's truth in that. There's other verses, and we can even talk about that in another episode if you want. Sure. But, but this is specifically in light of money, Jesus' parables and talks about money. And so what he's saying is, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, let's pause for a second. What's heaven? Is it a place? Yes. Is it a state of being? Yes. Sure. When Jesus taught his disciples, hey, here's how you pray to dad, that that his will, his righteous, perfect rule and reign, yeah. his peace, his perfect shalom would be on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, hey, store up for yourselves treasures in the kingdom, in this rule and reign of God, in the way the world works when you live free and you have your security in him, and you have your identity and your significance in him, that's where you want to put your effort and your resources towards. Yeah, He's not talking about for someday far away. He's going right now, right now, yeah. right now, right? And for where your treasure is, if it's in God's kingdom, if it's in his hands yeah. perfectly, then your heart will also be there, which means when you then basically give it all back to God, I want to live in your righteous rule and reign, trust you for it all. So what I'll go ahead is I'll invest in that, then my heart will be there, which means I will have peace and I will believe the security I have and I'll believe the significance that only comes from God. And then the pressure's off. That's so good. I mean, that is deep. That's yeah, a that's deep, really... it's, it's just three verses. <laughs> I mean, go and dig it up, right? So let me ask you a question, kind of out of the blue, a little bit of a weird thing. Okay. Are you and Kathleen, are you living as a conduit or a barrel? I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. So a conduit, it's it's like a pipe. Okay. Okay. Like like I grew up in Illinois where electrical wires run through a conduit. Oh, yeah. Conduit. It's a yeah, pipe, yeah. Okay. right? So, but anything, a conduit, it's the way you channel one thing from one place to another. Right? Okay. That's how you get that, right? Um, it's something that water or electricity or any other supply is routed from one place to another. A barrel, everybody knows what a barrel is, yep. you know, like a big wooden barrel or it could be a metal barrel or whatever, 55-gallon drum kind of thing, sure. um, is for storing up resources for holding on to them for later use. 
Yeah. Remember being in Germany and people run their rain gutters into a big barrel? Yeah. And they catch it. that water for later use, right? So back to the question, are you living in light of finances and resources that God's pouring into your life? Are you living like a conduit or a barrel? Uh, that's a convicting question, right? Man. Yeah. So I, you know, and I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to, I mean, you don't have to answer. <laughs> what happens when there's no money to conduit and there's no money to there's barrel? There's blessings and all kinds of it. Dude, you're not living under a bridge. You yeah, got pretty true. nice clothes on. I know, yeah. even though they're simple in color. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very simple. Um, so God is looking for conduits of his grace and generosity. He's not looking for barrels to store those things in. Coveting our things and acting as if they're like, our our own source of income and supply and it's my money and my time and so on it shows that our hearts are not at peace and ultimately trusting god for all that stuff remember mm-hmm. i said we're talking about money today but it's really about resource period sure um we hang on to that stuff because we believe it's in short supply in other words, you know why it feels like it's in short supply because it's up to us to generate it mm. yeah crazy right Carter, yeah. but god owns the cattle on a thousand hill and so he is looking for conduits that he can just like i'm going to pour it into your lap heath because what I know you're going to do is you're going to both enjoy it yeah. as my kid, because I want you to, and you're going to let it go just right back out to someone else. Yeah. Because you know why? Because you trust me and there's more coming. Yep. Or you can live like a barrel. Like, okay, God, thanks the for that. And I'm going yeah. to hang on to it because yeah. I need it. But that really betrays like our true belief in like, does he really have a lot? And sure. is he generous? So whenever my wife T and I have prayed about like giving a certain amount of money to someone in need, you know, like a need comes up, it's like, well, let's pray about it, honey, and see what we come up with. We usually have either ended up with the exact same number <laughs> yep. that we had in mind, or Tina's come up with a number much bigger than mine, let's be mm. honest. Okay? <laughs> I'll say, I think we should give, you know, this much to those folks. Like, oh, I was thinking like three times. <laughs> usually it's the same number, but I, but I, I trust your heart. And Good for you, Tina. <laughs> Her heart of generosity has helped remind me over and over again that she sees God as a great and generous God, able to refill the barrel yep. if we just trust him and pour it out for others. So yeah. I just want to encourage everybody, go ahead and tip over the barrel, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just dump it out and let everybody, you know, splash around in it and enjoy it and have a blast. And one of the ways that's so easy to tie this into everyday life is just almost every listener, I'm assuming probably goes out to eat once a month or once every couple of weeks. And tipping is such a great way to tangibly put this into practice. Uh, so like when we're eating at a restaurant, Kathleen and I sometimes won't go out to nice restaurants or won't go out to restaurants simply because we don't have the money to tip well. And so we're like, yeah, we'll do something less. Because we, when we go out, we want to show like God is generous. And, yeah. and uh, so what are your thoughts on tipping? Like, is it a hassle or is it a really great opportunity for us to practice generosity? Well, you just sort of just kind of answered. Well, let me tell you, Caesar. <laughs> yeah. It's a great opportunity yeah. to practice generosity. Okay, so here's this term. Okay, it's called gospel tipping. Yeah. And as far as I know, it was it was my friend, and you know him as well, Jeff yeah, Vanderstelt. I think he first coined that phrase. It's, okay. You know, you can go, you can gospel hyphenate anything. Right? So gospel <laughs> tipping. Um, and it was his suggestion that we tip people, you know, waiters, baristas, taxi driver, a doorman, whatever, in light of how well we believe God has blessed us in accordance with our performance, hmm. right? Let me say that again. That's we, so good too. Yeah. We tend to tip in light of how we believe God's blessed us in light of our performance. Hmm. So it works like this. We usually give good tips to people who we believe have given us good service. Yep. They've performed up to our level of expectation and we might tip quite a bit less or withhold a gratuity altogether from folks that we think have given us poor service or had a less than awesome attitude. Yeah. Right. That's so see, it's talk about, we talked last week in the parenting thing about transactional parenting. Yeah. So, you know, we tend to tip on people's performance 
But if we were to stop for a moment and ask ourselves, how generous was God with me? You know, when I was when I was still holding my fist up to him in defiance and rebellion, believing I could be my own God, how generous was he to me? Yeah. See, so, well, the answer is to that, my friend, <laughs> is that he gave his most valuable and precious resource, his own son, Jesus, to pay our full sin tab yeah. and redeem us, right? And so, in truth, the more sinful we are, the greater in proportion his gift was, right? Yep. Scripture even talks about that. In other words, and so in truth, the more sinful we are, the greater in proportion his gift to us is, right? Yep. It wasn't like, hey, we were sinning and God like just threw a little some change at us and said, well, I hope that helps in your crappy life. It's like, no, he completely took on and took over the payment for our sin, which was death upon himself. He definitely over-tipped us, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so when we don't tip generously, in some ways it reveals the truth in our own hearts that, that we may not be really fully believing the gospel. Because if God gave us what we deserved, yep. we'd be screwed. And but he didn't, right? Yeah. And so, so good. So and now, you know, if we shift our thinking, tipping can become this act of expressing the good news tangibly to others. Hmm. And it, you know what? And I think I, this is I'll be honest with you, sometimes people don't know why we're tipping or over tipping. And I and I know people that are like, hey, I just want to give you a little extra tip. You know why? Because God's great and he's, you know, you can. You don't need to. It's okay, you know? Because for me, I'll be honest with you, um, tipping and over-tipping actually realigns my own heart yeah. and reminds me of how over-the-top generous Dad is yeah, in heaven. Yeah, it does equally as much for us as anything we yep, give away. That's right. And even more than how others perceive my tipping, I need to tip well to remind myself of what I received and I didn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, and I've, I I can remember having conversations with people who were like, oh, I just can't I just can't tip someone who has bad service. I think all you're doing is rewarding and reinforcing bad service. And you're like, but doesn't scripture say that it's God's kindness that leads to repentance? Yeah. So why don't you just leave a track on the table? And then that leads <laughs> back to what you're saying with the waitress friends of yours that don't want to work on Sundays. Yeah. Because Christians don't tip. It's that kind of false, like weird theology and belief around finance and money and God's generosity and how well they think of themselves. I yeah. guess I've earned this. I know a guy who used to have a, a stack of singles that when he sat down to a meal, he would go like, here's your tip. And every time you come back and there's, and my water's not full, I'm taking one of these back. And so oh boy, you're just like, I mean, this is a godly man too, that you're going like, Dude, boom, that's what his view of reveal? God. That's his view of God. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? So, so I share all that because, you know, that tipping story is, yeah. you know, cause it is a bit of an exercise. I'd say, go for it. Like over tip, tip yep. generously, trust God in that and see what it does to your own heart. And when you don't feel like it, have that conversation. What am I not believing about my own <laughs> reception yeah. of grace and value? Um, because it really does review how we view money and finances and living generously and all that. Right? Absolutely, man. Yeah. So what advice would you give to those who are feeling, even right now, that they need to make some changes in light of this conversation? Well, how about, because we're kind of running late, yep. how about I give that advice in the form of this week's big three? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Uh, as always, each episode, we give you three things that you can take away from all of this. We call those the big three. Three, th- three things that we want you to know and believe and that you could right now go out and get started with in light of today's discussion. And you can get this for free. It's a free download, as always, by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 126. Again, that's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 126. All right, Caesar, what are the big three okay, for this big week? big three. I'm going to go right through them. Uh, first, know that all of your resources in life came after you were born. They were mm-hmm. tools given to us throughout this life in all kinds of various ways by God to show his love and grace and generosity in the world. Okay. And sure, 
We get to enjoy them too because God loves his kids and he wants us to enjoy those blessings, but they're primarily given to show his grace and generosity. That's great. Second, God's looking for conduits of his grace. So live as a conduit, not as a barrel, storing up treasures of your own, you know, for your own use and sort of self-managed future. Trust God. There's way more where that came from. Okay. And then third, um, you won't be taking any of your financial or stuff resources with you when you die. So I just want to say bounce your last check. Yeah. Live crazy generous lives. You can't outgive God and just try it. You know, there's only one thing in scripture that says, you know, scripture says don't test God. Jesus says don't try to test God. Yeah. There's one thing that says test God in this, generosity. Huh. It's the one thing. Test him. Live as a conduit. Check it out. Watch that he goes, that's what I've been looking for. So live crazy, crazy generous lives. Bounce your last check. Yep. Like Give it to your kids while you're alive. Whatever you want to do, but just live generously. And when you go out, can't take it with you anyway. Have a zero balance. <laughs> Dude, that is so good. This has been such a good heart alignment, even for me, man. So thanks for Great, man. Cool. Hey, uh, time's up, sadly, but wow. we'll have another one of these next week. Uh, if you want the free download for this week's Big Three, again, to get that for free, it's 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 126. 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 126. We hope to see you next week on the Life School podcast as we talk about decision fatigue. Whoa. We have so much constantly attacking Too us. much to do. Yeah, we're exhausted <laughs> from having to make... I can't make another decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're exhausted from having to make decisions all the time. Maybe you're there. I've sure been there. We're going to address it. And we hope you'll join us for that. Uh, and if you're enjoying the content from this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and do a couple things for us. Subscribe. Like we said, thanks at the beginning of this. Super Maybe helpful. Maybe we'll read yours off next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is that called gospel comment for us? I mean, <laughs> gospel commenting. <laughs> yeah. Rate the show. Lots of stars. Write up a short review for us. That helps us, encourages us as we sit here and we stare at each other, wondering if this is actually making a difference in those comments. We back. know it is. Yeah, we yeah, get a lot of emails. They're super too. helpful. So we'll start reading some emails maybe once in a while. That'd be great. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, you can always visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.